Hey, it's Mailbag Wednesday. Uh, I have some great fan-centric questions to answer. Lots of listener input uh, involving this current offseason, how the team can continue to get better, and some comments about a few blasts from the past. Uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, stayed in the game and seemed to be the new landing spot uh, for Carlos Correa, uh, pending a physical, of course. Uh, what does this mean uh, for the AL Central? And for the Chicago White Sox. You are Locked On White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Each and every day, we're free and available on all platforms. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Socks. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked on White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast uh, just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Uh, Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. The ongoing saga of the Carlos Correa situation uh, took another turn on Tuesday and unfortunately uh, landed back in the AL Central. Uh, are Jason Benetti and Steve Stone returning to the booth in 2023? Uh, should Josh Harrison be brought back? And is Paul Canerco a Hall of Famer? All that and more in the mailbag. Uh, welcome to Lockdown White Sox. This is the off-season uh, Lockdown White Sox. Uh, we have shifted to three episodes a week instead of the normal five. Uh, but again, if there is some major news on the White Sox front, uh, the episode number uh, can always be modified. Look for another episode on Thursday this week and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, the week of January 16th. Uh, we've been doing this call to action. If you've been following the podcast lately, uh, asking you to step up uh, if you can and subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, trying to get those subscriber numbers up to a thousand, if not more by the start of spring training, and you all are definitely stepping up. I love seeing those numbers increase. Really appreciate you passing this podcast along to other Sox fans in your life. Uh, we are still uh, trailing Lockdown Guardians, Lockdown Twins, and Lockdown Tigers, but uh, we're starting to really catch uh, the Tigers, and it could be uh, a three-team race uh, soon uh, with the Guardians and Twins. Do not like that we're trailing uh, those three teams. Uh, so let's get those numbers up. And I do appreciate all of you that have subscribed. Uh, speaking of listener input, uh, it is Mailbag Wednesdays. Great stuff coming in. Again, you can get those uh, questions in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We're going to jump right into the mailbag. Uh, why did uh, the Chicago White Sox pass on Johnny Cueto? This is from Jennifer uh, this one, uh, very current. Uh, Johnny Cueto, uh, one of the few bright spots of the 2022 season for the Sox. Uh, a ton of fun to watch. Boy, I enjoyed uh, those starts of his. Just watching him pitch, uh, the different looks, uh, the way he would pitch. I mean, and then hearing about 
uh, just his uh, workout schedule in between starts. Uh, not only was he fun to watch, he was productive. Cueto, of course, uh, recently signed with the Miami Marlins for less uh, than what the Sox paid Clevenger. Uh, there's a five-year age difference between Johnny Cueto and Mike Clevenger. Uh, maybe that could be one of the reasons. Uh, maybe the White Sox just did not think Johnny Cueto could repeat uh, his 2022 season. Maybe they checked in with Ethan Katz and uh, maybe Ethan Katz pointed him into the direction of Clevenger. Uh, maybe Johnny Cueto just didn't want to sign with the White Sox. And, and despite what he said publicly, uh, there were some quotes in different articles uh, that I picked through uh, way back towards the end of the season, early offseason. Maybe he just was simply you know, looking for a different environment. He just didn't want to announce that publicly. I think uh, there's no question the White Sox wanted Mike Clevenger uh, over Johnny Cueto. I mean, and look how aggressive uh, the Sox were about Mike Clevenger. It was like he was in very high demand. Uh, they jumped all over that. Uh, you know, I'm not torn up that the Sox didn't bring uh, Johnny Cueto back. I I'm just really confused why they were so intent on having Clevenger, who drags a ton of question marks with him to Chicago. And the money they're giving Clevenger is a little surprising as well. Uh, the Sox could have brought back Cueto, no question about that. Uh, they chose uh, Mike Clevenger. Uh, this one is a, a great one here. Um, Todd Helton, uh, if you've been following this with the Hall of Fame votes and everything, Todd Helton is getting a lot of traction for the Hall of Fame. How does Paul Canerco stack up? And Canerco, uh, can Canerco eventually make it into the Hall of Fame? Thank you to Luke for that uh, question. Uh, this one uh, absolutely tugs at the heartstrings. Paul Canerco is my favorite White Sox player uh, of all time. Uh, I think the organization did right by him, uh, retiring his jersey and putting up the statue very quickly. Uh, Canerco played for 18 years. Uh, 16 of them uh, were for the White Sox, and he was the captain uh, from 2006 until he retired in 2014. Uh, 279 career average. Uh, 2,300 hits, 439 home runs, uh, 1,400 RBIs, six-time All-Star, uh, ALCS MVP, and of course, a member of the 2005 uh, World Series championship team. Uh, Canerco was a top 10 in AL MVP voting twice, uh, never was in the gold glove conversation, but was extremely durable uh, at first base and then later a DH when Jose Abreu came along. Now, Todd Helton definitely benefited from playing at Coors Field. Uh, however, his road numbers were very good, uh, and they are better than some players that are in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, Helton uh, played his entire 17-year career uh, with the Colorado Rockies. Helton had a better war uh, than Canerco and about 200 more hits, but he finished with only 369 home runs, lower than Canerco's number, uh, total RBIs and hits, um, you know, a comparable, but Helton's career average was better at 316. Uh, Helton was a five-time All-Star, but won three gold gloves at first base as he finished in the top 10 in MVP voting three times. Uh, Canerco never won a Silver Slugger Award, while Helton uh, won four of them 
So the difference uh, could be the defense and maybe, uh, you know, a bit better offensively. But again, Todd Helton played in Coors Field. Uh, Canerico's numbers are you know impressive. I mean, and, and sometimes it comes down to who's on the ballot uh, with you at the time. And of course, who's voting. Uh, like, I don't think a lot of people thought Harold Baines would make his way to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so maybe down the line, uh, like a veterans committee, perhaps will hopefully see uh, what White Sox fans saw for so many years uh, in the captain, uh, Paul Canerico. Thank you, Luke, uh, for that question. Um, uh, from Donna, uh, would bringing back Josh Harrison be smart? Uh, what about La Stella, uh, Tommy La Stella? So uh, let's start with La Stella first. Uh, he's bounced around a little bit, uh, most recently uh, with the Giants. La Stella had a rough uh, 2022 season, uh, but he is a lefty bat uh, and a veteran. Uh, shouldn't cost much at all. Uh, he'd be another guy that we would hope would return to accustomed levels. And we're talking about like 2019, 2000. Uh, 20. I could see him creating some competition, uh, but the lefty bat is really the only thing that excites me with La Stella. Uh, Josh Harrison, you know, he's going to land on somebody's roster. He just absolutely is. Um, I think the Sox pretty much got what they thought they were going to get from him, which isn't terribly exciting. Uh, you know, if the Sox actually bring him back, I would assume that he would want to be a starting second baseman. Uh, and then there's competition uh, for the pecking order in spring training uh, of who's behind him at that spot. I think Harrison wants to start, but maybe, you know, maybe he enjoyed the culture on the South side and, and he'll take some cheap money to be a utility guy. Uh, bringing Josh Harrison back, it just doesn't excite me. And it would feel like such another mismanaged situation by the front office. Seeing if Toronto maybe wants to make a deal might be the way to go. Uh, at this point. Got some more questions to come uh, from this mailbag. Uh, what's going on with the dynamic duo of Jason Vanetti and uh, Steve Stone? Also, I'm going to honor another member of the 2005 White Sox team. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis uh, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football uh, to basketball. Uh, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, and I'm sure you do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting uh, info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Uh, BetOnline, where the game starts. So uh, this is from Dennis. Uh, what's going on with Steve Stone and Jason Benetti? Are they returning uh, in 2023? And then what happens if they don't? Um, thank you, uh, Dennis, for that question. Yeah, so this, this really is all, you know, rumor and hearsay. I mean, word on the street, if you follow different sources and, and, and so forth, uh, different social media outlets, uh, the word on the street is that Stone and Benetti uh, do not have contracts yet for this upcoming season. Uh, not sure if that's true, uh, but I thought at least Steve Stones was up for renewal. I thought I heard that. And now Benetti, uh, he might be entertaining a bigger stage. I mean, he does it all. I think just recently uh, he did his first NFL game. I mean, he does everything. Uh, I feel like, you know, he's doing some Bulls games here and there, uh, college sports. Uh, so, 
I, I mean, feel like, you know, you got to wonder if, uh, you know, if he wants to stay here on a local cable network doing White Sox games. I know the White Sox are his hometown team. Uh, this is his team. Uh, but I think I think Jason Benetti eventually leaves um, and goes to some some bigger money. You know, he wants to be on a bigger stage, I would assume. And uh, I, I think that's going to happen. Now, what happens if they're both gone uh, and, and they do not come back to the booth in 2023? That would be a huge loss, by the way. They are they are a great uh, tandem. They play off of each other so well. You know, if you have MLB Network and you're watching, uh, you know, other games, you know, may, or maybe you even have the option these days uh, to to watch or listen to uh, the road announcers, uh, you know, w- whatever team the White Sox are playing. There's some rough announcers out there, very dry, uh, lacking that personality. Professional, of course, but there, there's something about Stone and Benetti that, uh, you know, they go together. They absolutely, they can, they can finish each other's sentences. And it's been uh, it's been fun to, to see Benetti grow and and bounce things off of the veteran uh, Steve Stone. So if, if they both leave, I would assume Len Casper moves to TV uh, maybe a guy like Gordon Beckham uh, is looked at as a color analyst. Uh, not sure he would want to be on the road constantly uh, with a young family, but he sure filled in a ton when Steve Stone uh, was absent. You got Connor McKnight from uh, ESPN 1000. He's done a, a really nice job on the radio call as well as in the TV booth uh, every now and then last season. Uh, maybe AJ Pruszynski. I mean, he's he's been uh, cutting his teeth in the broadcasting world. So if uh, McKnight uh, is the choice, then there's going to be a need, you know going to need a new pre and post uh, on ESPN 1000. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of rumors and hearsay. I I have no inside information. Uh, I just I've kind of picked up on things over uh, this past season in the off season. I thought Steve Stone's contract was up. Uh, not sure about uh, Jason Benetti, but maybe we'll get some info uh, soon here as spring training is around the corner. Up, uh, hey, how about some love for AJ uh, Prasinski? You missed uh, the one-year anniversary of his signing. This is from Craig. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, I, I got into a, a habit there of doing some anniversaries of when Sox signed different free agents or contract extensions and. Missed out on A.J. Brzezinski, so uh, he signed as a free agent with the Chicago White Sox during the 2004 offseason, January 6th, uh, 2005 to be exact, so just a a few days ago. It was a one-year, $2.25 million deal. Uh, Brzezinski ended up sticking around for seven more years on the south side, instrumental uh, on that 2005 World Series team and a fan favorite, despite uh, being billed as a clubhouse cancer while he was with other teams, namely the San Francisco Giants. Uh, it seems like he wants to manage at some point. I think he threw his hat in the ring to be the next White Sox manager. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, AJ, when uh, he was with the Minnesota Twins uh, way back when, and I could not believe uh, the White Sox signed him. It was so weird. Uh, having him in a White Sox uniform at the start. And then I got used to it very quickly, as I'm sure you did. Uh, he was a very good player for the White Sox for many years. So many big moments, aside from the drop third strike against the Angels in the uh, 05 ALCS, uh, some walk-offs, uh, and he came up big against the Chicago Cubs as well. 
this one, uh, uh, it's our last one, I believe. Uh, this one from Ben. I think this is a follow-up uh, from the mailbag uh, last Wednesday. Also, there was a little blurb uh, on, in ESPN, on ESPN about uh, just horrible jerseys, horrible baseball jerseys in the past. And uh, Ben followed up, I think, on, on the conversation we had about alternate jerseys if the Sox wanted to go away from maybe the 83s on Sunday. Uh, ben asked what my least favorite White Sox jersey uh, has been. And I would say it's the, it's the jerseys that Chris Sale cut up, right? Uh, the collars uh, and the shorts, uh, 1976 was the year. Uh, the White Sox only wore shorts uh, for a few games that year. It wasn't like they were wearing them every single game during that season, but I just didn't like the collared look. Aside from the hat, I've got the hat on right now. If you're uh, consuming this podcast on our YouTube channel, uh, the navy blue cap with the white horizontal uh, SOX. I like that look. Uh, don't really care too much for those jerseys uh, at all. Hey, really appreciate the uh, questions and the comments, listener input. Love it. Uh, love these types of fan-centric questions. Takes me back to watching the game uh, at a bar and uh, maybe it was a slow game and you're just debating with other fellow Sox fans for all nine innings about some hypothetical questions uh, maybe even more, <laughs> depending on how late you wanted to stay. So uh, we'll do that again uh, next Wednesday. Hey, I don't think uh, the Minnesota Twins are the hands-down favorites to win the AL Central this season, but I'm going to tell you why the Carlos Correa signing hurts the White Sox. More on that in a moment. So uh, t- tons of drama this offseason with Carlos Correa. I'm sure you've been following. You, you can't hide from it. Uh, uh, reported that uh, after uh, another physical failed or or maybe a questionable health situation, the New York Mets that that would that deal fell through. There there was a San Francisco Giants deal that fell through. The Mets swooped in, that fell through, and the Minnesota Twins have just kind of been remaining in this conversation. You know, Correa played for the Twins, of course, last season. Uh, so a six-year, two hundred million dollar contract is what has been reported. Uh, the Twins, hey, they stayed in the game and they have made themselves uh, better. Uh, I, I don't think it completely turns them into the AL Central favorites, uh, but if the Twins can spend that kind of money, uh, then the Chicago White Sox should have no problem doing something similar. Uh, if Correa is injured uh, and has a serious ankle problem, the Minnesota Twins might already know that and they don't seem to mind uh, at all. Uh, Correa played in 136 games in 2022, uh, slash 291, 366, 467, and at an OPS of 834. Uh, he also had 22 home runs, 24 doubles, and 64 RBIs. He won a gold glove for the Astros in 2021 and has been an all-star twice, uh, while also getting some MVP votes since being a rookie of the year back in 2015. Uh, Carlos Correa has a career 224 average with seven home runs in 45 games against the White Sox. You know, I'm not terribly worried about uh, him, but, you know, he can he can be a real threat. Uh, and I would just rather have him be back in the uh, NL. Like, great. You want to sign with the Mets? Uh, sure. You know, they're out of my uh, division. They're out of my league. That's wonderful back in the AL Central. So how do the Twins uh, spend that kind of money? 
uh, but the Sox have not. I mean, I think we all you know know what the uh, answer to that question is. But will it ever really happen under Jerry Reinsdorf? Will a contract like that ever be given out? Whether it's a free agent or if it's in a an extension, uh, it's not necessarily you know in my mind it's not how you spend it. Uh, you know, it, it's it, I'm sorry, it's not how much you spend. It's what you spend it on. Uh, however, the White Sox, you know, they I think they were just sitting around playing playing down to the AL Central competition this offseason, hoping that maybe the Andrew Benatendi move uh, would be the biggest splash. The Twins put the entire AL Central on alert with the Correa deal. Uh, the hope, the hope, you know, for being optimistic here in 2023, the hope is that one day, Maybe in my lifetime, uh, the White Sox can boast about a deal uh, like that. Premium money for a premium player. And maybe, just maybe, it'll be a starting pitcher. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. And don't forget... Subscribe to our YouTube channel and get those questions in for next week's mailbag. Uh, you can do that at uh, lockdownsocks at gmail.com. If you want to ans- ask your questions uh, in the YouTube comments, that's great too. Uh, also, if you're on uh, Twitter a lot, just send me a direct message or, uh, or to the Lockdown White Sox uh, account as well. Uh, get those in and, and we'll have another mailbag next week. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll continue to examine off-season scenarios as we count down to spring training. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morowski, and until next time, go Sox.